This is the next episode of Life on the Run, observation number 49. Over the years of running and triathlons, I've come up with six concepts I've found to be useful in my running. I've covered them throughout this series of observations, and there's still a few more to go. I never really appreciated concentration until I started running longer and training for the Ironman. I was finding that the long cycles was easy to drop off the pace unless I concentrated on my cadence and gears I used. It didn't take much time to lose more time if my cadence or my kilometers per hour dropped too much. The more I thought of it, the more I realized I just naturally concentrated while running and sometimes not at all. Sometimes I find myself in a trance looking at the peak of my cap when running on a long flat country road or coastal road, just concentrating on my cap or a point on the road a few meters ahead. I know I've said this before, but it is another example of concentration. A few times I've used concentration to get myself out of trouble when I can sense I was about to hit the wall. In these situations, the concentration will be on the basics of what I needed to do to get myself out of trouble. Usually I broke my runs into six kilometre runs, which enabled me to break down what I needed to do. I've become quite good at doing it. Concentration focuses the mind. A focused mind can get the job done. Running is no exception. Life on the run, number 50, trust. Trust is important to me in life and running. Dropping my iPad's not, but back again. I try and have trust in myself and that I've done the work required, though this is not always the case. I trust I can get myself out of tricky situations, like being lost in the bush. So far, so good. When I talk to other runners, I trust their intentions, but I'm cautious in trusting their ideas, given we all have different experiences to draw upon. This is no reflection on the ideas. What works for one person might not work for me. I treat most situations as a learning situation, and then I decide if I trust what I learn and I want to apply it to my running. Trusting what I read in a friend's blog or a post or hear in a conversation is useful, but I tend to trust what I see in action. This is what I did when it came to my poor man's comrade run from Gosford to the Opera House. I spent a couple of years out on the course supporting runners, providing unofficial aid stations, monitoring the ratio of walking to running, checking the pace of runners in order to compare to what I might do and working out where I might be at sunset. I paid close attention to those at the back of the pack because that's where I expected to be. Observing people in action helped me immensely. In the first attempt of the poor man's comrades, the PMC, even though I had trusted what I learned, I was unable to finish the course. I did return a year later to finish the course. Life on the run, number 51, relaxation. Relaxation to a certain extent is the opposite of stress or a tool to reduce stress. Recently I learned that stress is not related to your emotional response at all, but it's relating, relating rather to your feeling in relation to that something. Take running for example. Running can produce an emotional response of anxiety, rapid heart rate, perhaps even fear. For me, the feeling I attach to these emotions are positive and one of relaxation. Meanwhile, I have friends whose responses to these exact same emotions would be stress. I know I keep harping back to the barrel days, but this is where it all started. 
I ran for relaxation, which I still do today. The relaxation response may have kicked in prior to the run or during the run, but mostly I felt relaxed after the run. Life on the run, number 52. Balance. My understanding of balance comes in part from my reading of Zen Buddhism and the adherence to the principles of a novel I read several times since the 1980s, Dan Millman's The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. I've always tried to have a balanced approach in my running, but I actually quite like the thrill of being off balance, tipping the scales. In fact, when the seesaw swings too much to not running, I tend to take on board other obsessions like drinking and eating and binge watching TV. When I swing too much to running, like preparing for the six foot track 15 years ago, I'd get injured and then have months of trying to replace the running with swimming or cycling. Sitting in the middle is a pleasant place to be, but the edge can be pretty cool as well. Life on the run, number 53. Heart rate. It has taken me a while to understand heart rate, let alone know how to use it. I used to run, stop for 15 seconds, count my heart rate, multiply it by 4 and then proceed with my run, estimating my heart rate as I went along. On research and advice, I've graduated to the Macmillan heart rate approach. I can't seem to get the heart strap, heart strap monitor to work for me, no matter what device I use. The watch heart rate readings on my wrist seems to work well for me and I have it on tight. I don't think I'm a slave to the heart rate, but I do look at it and I'm pretty happy with the low resting heart rate. I had a stint in hospital for a week in 1991 and I kept on setting off the heart rate monochine because my heart rate was too low. The doctors and the nurses just couldn't understand what was going on. Life on the run, number 54, support. I have dozens of stories of when people have helped me with running and a couple where I've given a hand. In 2006, many of us sat on the medium strip of the Gold Coast cheering on runners in the Gold Coast Marathon. There were pop-up aid stations on stilf runs in other venues and random calls from random spectators calling out to us, go cool runner. The personal experience I want to share was in the 2010 when I was running from Gosford to the Opera House in the Poor Man's Comrades. Cool runner Beaver Andrew doubled back from supporting the lead runners and checked on me at Mooney Mooney Bridge around 20 kilometres, while I was in last place. Cool runner Mark Mick joined me at 50k's just prior to the descent into Bobbin Head. I didn't have an iPhone, but I was doing posts of pictures on Twitter with my Nokia, and I received a call from cool runner Wombatface, Ewan, who was tracking me on Twitter from Canberra, and he just was checking in to see how I was going. I was struggling somewhere around 80 kilometres near Roseville, I thanked him for the chat and kept running. As I was running down Archer Street, Chatswood, a car pulled up to me and a guy said, Are you Plu? Ewan had called Cool Runner Spectra, who lived in Artarman, his name was Bruce, and he drove around to find me and got me a feed when I needed it at Subway. Running is not an individual pursuit. <laughs>